everybody. Welcome to The Kelly O Show. I'm your host, Kelly Alexa. This show is dedicated to inspiring women of all ages to pursue excellence in mind, body, and business. After decades of playing small in my own life and staying in the comfort zone, a couple of years of massive chaos and drama in my personal and my professional life forever changed me for the better. Through some tough lessons, I evolved and I became a stronger and more confident version of myself, fearless and finally, unapologetically myself. I am now designing my life bigger and better than ever before. And most importantly, I'm designing a life on my terms that is full of joy and happiness. And I think that this is something that's been missing for so many women. They're either staying in the comfort zone like I was Or they've got a life that looks pretty good on the outside, but it's missing real joy and health and happiness. And that is no bueno. I believe that the future is female. And every week, this show is going to bring you incredible interviews and live shows that I hope is going to motivate you to take massive action in your life, to leave the comfort zone and go all in again to pursue achieving excellence in mind, body, and in business. I hope you enjoy the show and let's dive in. Hey everybody, welcome back to the Kelly O Show. I am thrilled to have Krista Dowling Goodrich on the show with me today and she is the author of a book. I just love the title in and of itself. It's called The Boss Lady Investor. You don't need a dick to understand money. The Boss Lady Investor series book one. And we talk about in this show, um, this is just a half an hour episode. um, So we will definitely have her back on because like so many episodes, I feel like we barely scratched the surface and then we were hitting our time window. Um, But she is fantastic. And I want to give you a little blurb uh, from the description of her book. It says... Do you want to have a widely successful life and understand all that money can do for you? The Boss Lady Investor, You Don't Need a Dick to Understand Money, is the go-to book for women looking to understand personal finance, saving, debt, investing, real estate, and more. This book explains from a woman's point of view how to understand the stock market, how to plan for the unexpected, and how to build yourself up to a level of wealth beyond your wildest dreams. Jam-packed with ideas and information, the Boss Lady Investor will help you on your way to financial freedom. Are you ready to get out of debt, grow your retirement, increase your savings, build a life of wealth? Then get ready to dive deep into this book and take the reins on your financial future. Now, what I really liked about this chat with Krista, and again, please know that look at this as like our introduction. We will definitely have her back on the show so we can talk in more depth on some of the topics that we have uncovered. But What I did like about this uh, introductory episode is I think what all of you will come away with is if you are a woman listening to this and you have been um, feeling, how do I say this? Because because I I have this conversation with so many women. If you've been feeling like you're just uncomfortable about managing money, getting out of debt, um, thinking that you could ever grow money, grow wealth, know anything about like if you if somebody said to you anything about investing in real estate or the stock market um, or mutual funds, anything of that nature, and you just think that that is like another language, you will walk away after listening to this episode feeling like okay, I I don't think that's just for alien women. I I think this can be for me, and I need to start 
start with reading this book, I would certainly recommend that. Um, I just think that you will come out of this episode feeling like, okay, this is somebody I can relate to. And if she can do it, and she makes so many compelling points. Um, She talks about how, you know, she got started at such a younger age, but just because she got started figuring this stuff out and and she did it by just self-research. You know, it wasn't that she went to a, a private school and learned this in some exclusive education. She did her own research because she was working at a mutual fund company and she decided to educate herself. Um, all of us can do the same thing. And I think that's one of the big things you'll pick up on this is like, hey, this isn't just for some exclusive group of people who understand secret um, you know, practices. This can be accessible for all of us. And I think she does a really, really fantastic uh, job describing just that. So um, I think that this was a really good foundational episode and it's going right along uh, with everything I want to cover in this Financially Fit series, which is going to get all of us to be more comfortable um, addressing you know, our money issues, our money blocks, how we can um, conquer debt, you know, get past having debt, paying off debt, and start focusing on the fun part, you know, earning wealth, building wealth, um, investing, and becoming just more savvy, uh, more financially strong and savvy. That's that's the goal that I want to attack with this Financially Fit series. And I know you're going to love Krista. She's um, full of energy, full of knowledge. And I know everybody's going to want to go out and buy this book afterwards because she's fantastic. So sit back and enjoy. This is a one-part episode. We will definitely have Krista back on the show. So whatever questions you have on personal finance, um, on investing, on growing your wealth portfolio, make sure you let us know. Uh, Just fill out the contact me form on kellyalexa.com and that will get to us and we'll make sure we cover that when we have her back on the show. Sit back and enjoy this interview with Krista Dowling Goodrich. Hey everybody, welcome back to the Kelly O Show. I am thrilled to have Krista Goodrich on the show. And you guys saw, like I did that pause thing again. I'm always worried I'm going to mispronounce someone's last name, even if it's like something like Smith or Jones. I'm like, Jones. But uh, I really am excited to have Krista on the show today because I connected with her in another podcasting group. And she is an expert in an area that I'm completely not an expert in. And this is uh, obviously an episode in our Financially Fit series. So she's going to be talking to us about money and investing and all the things that so many of you have shared. You are utterly intimidated by, so many women are. And so I'm thrilled to have her on the show and she's going to just school us across the board. But Krista, welcome to the show. Are you ready to go? I'm ready. Thank you so much for having me on the show. I'm super excited to talk to you. I love what you're doing. And so thanks for having me on. I'm I'm really excited to to discover not discover this to talk about this and have more women because you know I have had and I'm sure I'm very common I have had an up and down relationship with money and budgeting my whole life and I certainly realized late in life that not I don't say this to blame anyone in my family because I'm not that immature but I certainly know that I developed the way that I view myself and I developed the way that I view money based on conditioning growing up. And I, it's funny because I, I grew up with a very different money mindset than my sister who is younger than me, five years younger than me. I'm the middle kid. She's five years younger than me. My brother's five years older. My brother's a financial planner, really good with money, really good with making money grow. Um, my sister is a saver, budget Nazi, everybody calls her. 
I'm the middle kid who was like the first one to go out and get a bunch of credit card debt, the the first person to just not understand saving for a rainy day. I was like the wild hippie child who's like, I can't be bothered with details. And later in life, when I hit the wall with some tough times, and I think really the first time was, it's ironic we're talking about this in the middle of coronavirus because I'm I'm reflecting back on 2008 when the market crashed. And that was when I first realized like that concept of saving for a rainy day. And I know there's a lot of women listening who are going to be in that same situation now, like, oh, this is why I should have been investing. This is why I should have had multiple streams of income. This is why, you know, I should be focusing more on wealth building. And the whole point of me doing this financially fit series is because of just that. Number one, there's a lot of women who make they they either put it off to a significant other, he'll handle the money, she'll handle the money, whatever, or they just don't deal with it at all, and then they are screwed over. And I love you've got this book out called The Boss Lady Investor. You don't need can I? I'm just going to say it. You don't need absolutely. You don't need a dick to understand money. I love that. Um, Thank you. And so yep. I'm just going to put this to you to to start off the show because. There's a lot of women in our audience, and I think I shared with you before we started um, recording, we've polled our audience, you know, 78% of them um, do not have savings. Um, I think 67% of them were like completely clueless about investing and building wealth. Um, I would say close to 90% of them were looking to earn more money, become more proactive about budgeting, paying off debt, all of these things. So you've got a very captive audience here. Why don't you start by telling us, I mean, you're an author, you're obviously an expert in this area, but this is not something that, and I don't see this say this as a negative. It's not something that like a lot of women are known to be comfortable talking about or an expert in. What made you become this expert and write a book about it and, and, and have this as this is, this is what your business is, teaching other women how to become better, how to, how to build wealth, how to invest, how to not be scared of money? Yeah, so I like to blame all of my big decisions in life on wine. Um, so <laughs> learning about finance, I guess I was drinking wine and bored. No, um, actually, so, <laughs> so I, I'm also the middle child, so props to the middle children. I yes. think we're special in our own way. Um, but yeah, I wasn't taught a lot about money growing up either. My parents, like my dad would never tell us what he made. We didn't know if we had money or didn't have money. And it was just never explained to us. And then in school, I was like a super book smart, super good student. And I got multiple degrees, graduated college with $54,000 in debt, which back then was huge, and realized I had no idea how interest really worked on a credit card. I knew that I'd send a payment every now and again. I didn't know how you saved up a down payment for a house. I didn't know when I got my first house how to read a mortgage statement. And um, I was always a little advanced in school and everything. So I graduated before all my friends and I ended up buying a house and learning a lot of that stuff when my friends were still in college. And then the, I got married and quickly got divorced. And my divorce really propelled me into understanding that I had to get my crap together and understand the money. So um, I happened to... That's true. I'm sorry, sorry to interrupt you, but that is, yeah, no, no. that's also when I reflect back, I mean, it's been, I got divorced in 2007, so it's been 13 years for me, but yet at the same time, you know, it was, th- that was one of the 
big moments when I realized like, this is what women, so many women do. They like let the man handle the money. And then I, I got screwed. Like so many women got screwed and I had been paying for everything, letting it and thinking, Oh, we're just going to live happily ever after. It's going to be amazing. And who cares that I'm, you know, paying for his kids and paying for all of this. And then when it came down to him cheating on me and leaving me, suddenly he was like, Oh, you know, I need that $20 back. Oh no, I'm not going to give you anything. Oh no. You, and I realized everything was in his name, you know, everything. And, and I was screwed. And to me, when I talked to my lawyer at that time, I remember her going, this is what happens with every woman I represent. She's every single woman. Yeah, absolutely. Like when you're telling this, I'm reflecting on a couple of my friends that are going through divorces right now. And it's exactly the same thing. Like they're completely in the dark. They have no clue. And you know, it makes sense. Like we grow up and our parents typically take care of us. uh, Most people and frequently the father has been kind of the breadwinner or or the one in Mm -hmm. charge of money and then we go on and we get married and we normally don't have a huge time of independence. There's some women that do, but not a huge time. And then someone else is taking care of us. So it's until that divorce or some kind of major event that really wakes you up and you say, I have to, I have to do this. So fortunately for me, I worked at a mutual fund company, which I had no clue, by the way, what a mutual fund was when they hired me. <laughs> um, <laughs> just sounded really cool. And it was in a fancy building in Atlanta and they were going to pay really good at the time, which was $26,000 a year. So, um, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So that was my first res- salary too. I think yeah, I made 23,000 though. Yeah. I mean, how could you resist? It was amazing. They gave me a $600 uh, business suit allowance. Woohoo. It was fancy. Whoa. So anyway. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. So, um, got that job and was surrounded by people that were really interested in money and, they were so much smarter than me, right? So I just started asking a lot of questions and we had a little library in our um, company's office that had all these books on finance and it was like stocks for dummies kind of thing. You know, it wasn't, it wasn't anything. I don't enjoy reading technical books at all, but I did want to be smart about my money and I knew I was going to be alone. And so I just really dove headfirst into it. And the more and more I learned, the more empowered I felt And since then, money's never been, it's been a worry because we all worry about money in different situations, but I've never worried about, am I not educated enough? I'm way overeducated. So I don't have to worry about not knowing something, right? Um, And not that I know everything, but I know enough that I'm going to keep my money stuff in order. I do have to still worry about earning money, losing money, investing money, all those things. I just understand it enough that my fears are lessened. So after I got really into learning about it, whatever I grew and I started opening bunch of different businesses became, I'm a serial entrepreneur. I freaking love opening businesses. Aren't we all? And yeah, like it's, it's just, it's a drug to me. Um, so I started doing that and then had some success there, grew one of my businesses It franchised up the Eastern seaboard. And, um, so just between the money understanding and the business understanding, all my girlfriends that were going through, whether they were becoming widowed or, divorced or whatever their situation was, or their husband was cheating on them and they knew it and they're not going to divorce yet, but one day they might, you know, because you hear that too. So they're starting to prepare. And so they would be asking me stuff. So I finally just said, you know what, I'm going to just write a book about it because all these people want these answers. And I want to write it in women's terms. Cause like you said, it's not a topic that we're interested in. Like if I was selling fashion magazines everyone would want one, right? Everyone loved, mm-hmm. most women love that, right? Finance book, hmm, not that exciting. Mm. So 
I decided, I was like, fuck it. I'm going to just write it the way I'm going to write it the way I learned about money. And it's the first month it was out. One of the biggest compliments I kept getting is, Hey, it's such an easy read. Awesome. And I was, and they, but they were learning too, right? Like it wasn't an easy read, but not good information. So that's my feedback that I've gotten. And that has, it just makes me want to go out and learn more and share more. And so that's kind of what I've been doing. So anyway, it just fascinates me. I don't know. So now I'm looking at your book and it came out, what, September? Is that right? September of last year? September. Yep. Yep. So this is newer than I thought. Um, do you, and, and I'm just, do you work with, I mean, you have this book that women can obviously buy and we're going to start diving into some of these topics, but is this also something where people can, like, do you work with women? Um, like if I came to you and I said, help me with my money, teach me with my money. Like, do you consult? Do you work with women? Or is it that this was something in addition to all of your other businesses that you, you knew you were good at and you could teach? Because I see it says the boss, the boss lady investor series book one, are there more books coming? Is this where you, where you find it's the best way for you to serve people is through your books? It's the easiest and cheapest way to serve mm. people. And I'll get, I'll circle, circle right back to that on why I wanted to do it that way. Okay. Um, but yes, there's this, it is a series. So the next one is the boss lady real estate investor and then the boss lady nice. small business investor. So yeah, so I'm working on the second one. It is a big process. Um, Are you self-publishing, so by the way? I am. Yeah, I am self-publishing. Yep. The reason I ask that is because um, I I actually just earlier last week, I interviewed a really fantastic woman on the show about how to, and actually she was in that same group uh, where I discovered you, um, the podcast. And she's a self-publisher on, um, or that's her area of expertise. She's written a whole book on how to self-publish on an Amazon. And it was fascinating to me because I really have seen more and more people going the self-publishing route. It just to me makes such sense. And so that w- I had to ask you that because I'm like, I'd be curious if you went to me, like the more that I understand about self-publishing, if you have something to say and you want to get your book out in a timely manner versus even just the, the very simple time part of it versus, you know, the extraordinary difference in how much money you get to keep when you self-publish. But like, if you go to a traditional publisher, you write a book today, it goes live like a year and a half from now. It's crazy. Yeah. Yeah. And I will tell you the reason I ended up self-publishing is um, one, it was my first time and I didn't know how to even go about finding a publisher. (laughs) So I just wrote the book and was like, let's, let's throw this out there. Let's do it. Um, What I've learned because now because I had some great success with the book and it's um, done more than we expected. So I thought, okay, well, do I want to then now go to a publisher? Cause now I can show what I've done or whatnot. And even then when I researched it, I mean, to, to go with a publisher, you have to have an Instagram fan base of hundreds of thousands, which I don't have hundreds of thousands. Mm-hmm. And like, there's certain things, it's really hard to go with a publisher. Now you normally will get a big check up front. But I think sometimes it's made to sound much more simpler than it is to go with the publisher. They have to pick you. And, you know, in finance books or self-help books, anything like that, you have to write the whole book. um, And then before you ever publish it, send it to them. So they may not like it. They may not publish it. You may be banking on that and they may turn it down. So I don't know. Um, I like it because I am doing well and because I am going to have the series. I like that I didn't give up my rights. Um, And I like that that option's always on the table. You know, if someone came to me and had a big enough book deal, I would consider that, you know? Right. So I don't know. Yeah. It's, I'm, I'm in between people ask me all the time, would you do it again? Depends on the circumstance, you know, for, I can see where both would make sense. Well, I think it's a smart business move and, and I, 
you know, again, I, I, I think it's, there's so many women. I I'm excited that we just made that podcast live and I've had so many women writing in going, Oh my God. I mean, I mean, even me, like I'm, I'm turning my, um, I have a course for women um, that I started off as a sales business training course, but I really realize it's it's so much more behavioral and confidence training. Um, and I realized like, why do I not make this into a book? Because promoting a course is a lot more work, whereas I can just yep. go, here's the book, you know, 10, whatever I decide to price it at, whatever. So I'm going to do that too. Um, okay. Yeah. And Keep it, going. I, I, yeah. Well, the one, one thing I was going to answer from before that you addressed there, why do I go that route instead of... Um, I don't do any consulting. I don't do any coaching right now. It is probably something down the road I'll do. Um, I didn't expect to get asked to do it. And then the book came out and I get asked that all the time now. And I'm like, oh, I should pursue that. If there's a need, I'll follow, right? Um, But the biggest issue for women that I found in investing is they think it's really expensive to do. They think they have to have money to start actually investing it. They don't realize you can start start with 25 bucks, you know? I'm so glad you brought that up. Because that was my first question yeah. was women think yeah. they need to have like uh, like an extra $100,000 around to start investing. And you don't get to the 100000 without the $25 to start with. So, you know, people say, oh, I'm too old now. I'm 40 something, whatever, 50 something, whatever. You're not too old. I started when I was 21 years old, um, really when I was 23, got a little more into it. And then by the time I was 42, I was a multimillionaire. That's 20 years. And I was a pretty slow mover on a lot of things and got divorced a couple times in there, you know, so you can do it faster than I did it. But even if I only made it to half the distance that I made it, like, let's say I started at 60 and I wanted to retire at 70. If I still had 10 years of investing behind me, that's better than zero, you know? Yeah. And so the book was an easy way for, you know, for 15 bucks for me to share with the most women that would be afraid to make those initial investments that aren't being talked to by financial advisors because they don't have, you know, a thousand dollars to open an account. So where do they start with their $25? How do they get to the thousand? How do they get to the 10,000, hundred thousand million? Like you can do all that, but, but a lot of people don't know where to start. And I was, like I said, I worked for a company that I was fortunate enough that I learned there. So that was my easiest way to share. Yeah. Well, it's just, you know, it's, it's an industry and I've had my own exposure to it because, you know, during my divorce, I remember like right before I got married, the company I was working for, I was terminated. And I'm, I'm going to say, I, you know, maybe this is partially my pride. I was wrongfully terminated. Um, and, and I remember at the time that my husband and I decided that I was going to get my, he was in construction. So he's blue collar. I was white collar and and he was really good at fixing up houses. And I was, you know, in my HGTV, like crazy, starting to watch all these yep. fixer upper houses. And so we decided that because I'd lost my job, I was going to get my real estate license and, and we were going to flip houses. And to me, that was like my dream. I'm like, this is so cool. And but the bottom line is by the time, I mean, he cheated on me like six months into our marriage. And so then by the time our first anniversary came around, that's when he broke up with me and was like, oh, I don't love you anymore. But, you know, really what it is, is I've been dipping my toes in other waters for a while. But when I, I hadn't been making money is what, I, so the divorce comes around and I don't have income and I was in a really, really bad place. And that's what for me made all of a sudden this, this, it was like the rug was pulled out underneath me. And I, at that time, I remember my brother coming to me going, okay, you need to have a job, come work for me. Now he's a certified financial planner, right? So I went to go work in his office, more like administrative support. 
but I learned about mutual funds. I learned about um, annuities, all of these different things. But it's still to me, I when I look at the industry, I think it's just, it comes across as a very manly world, a very like, like you're, oh, you're just a little girl. You're just a little woman. Let your man handle all of this for you. And yeah. I, you know, I was at my brother's office and I would see guys coming in and they were moving money around to hide it from their wives and putting it in offshore accounts. And I'm not saying anything illegal, but just like, you know, it was very, nothing but men coming in through the door. And then even though I became a little bit more informed on things like you did, like mutual, I understood the concept of mutual funds. I understood this. I, I still kind of had to have my brother like do it for me. And I think generally speaking, I remember back in the day reading some of these books by The Motley Fool and that I understand they, they explained it that you could, you know, start, I think it's called drip funds. Is that right? Like you can start. There, yep. You can do a drip. Mm-hmm. Um, but anyway, back to what you were saying, this is, this is what so many women who are listening to this right now are going to say is, does your book, because I'm guessing that you go into detail. Like how, how does, do you explain how a a woman who's out there, who's like, I've got a hundred bucks. Can I get started with a hundred bucks? Because I think if you go to any bank, if you were to even look up and most of the stuff online, you would be so intimidated, you would give up. And I think that's what a lot of women do is there's nobody that talks to the, dumbs it down enough for us that that says, okay, here's how you can start with nothing. And by the way, you don't need to start with a hundred thousand dollars. No, there's none of that messaging out there. You're the first person I've heard talk like that. And well, the other thing is everyone thinks investing must be the stock market and it doesn't have to be. There's plenty of things you can invest in that women by nature are way better at investing in, such as buying houses. We're pretty good at that. Usually if you are buying a house with a spouse, who makes the decision on which house? Typically the woman, right? We have an eye for design. We have an eye for houses. We have an eye to make things, not all of us, but most people prettier. So if the stock market scares you, Look at real estate investing. If all of that scares you, just learn about buying a CD, you know, and saving money. And I get that over time you might lose money in a CD and all that stuff. All I'm saying is get educated about it. And then you can make decisions on what's most comfortable for you, but it doesn't have to be in Wall Street because Wall Street's very scary to most women. Mm -hmm. Um, Statistically, when we do invest in Wall Street, we do significantly better than our male peers, but (laughs) that doesn't make it any less scary. Yeah, no, statistically we do, but it's because we're more conservative investors. Um, We're more risk averse by nature. And like, I'm a super risk taker. I love like anything that's risky, but even me, I'm still less risky than most of the men that I know that invest in the market. I mean, there's stuff when I was working in the stock market that people would invest in. There was stuff that I was licensed to sell that I would never have put my money in because it was so risky, but there are people doing it, you know? So, but that, yeah, I mean, just because I don't invest in managed futures doesn't mean that I can't make money investing, you know? So it doesn't have to be as scary as we make it. You can find very easy things to start. And, you know, if you think, oh, investing in real estate or investing in the stock market scary. Okay, again, start with something like a CD and save up, save up, save up, get to one goal. Maybe $1,000 is your first goal. Then get to the goal of 10,000. Maybe by the time you get to 20 or $30,000, then investing two or 3,000 in the stock market won't seem as scary as when you have no savings. You know what I'm saying? Because if you lose it at that point, yeah, there's less risk, right? Mm Mm-hmm. I know I, and okay, so I'm going to ask you and I am fully, I'm being fully transparent with everybody. Like I am by no, I'm just asking as 
I do not consider myself an expert. I'm somebody who, yeah, I need to get much more proactive across the board um, because I've come through some rough years and I really, it's, it's time for myself and all of my listeners to start focusing on wealth building. And these are all questions that they, they want to know. So here's my question, because based on what I've read in the past, there've been sporadic times throughout my adult life where I've started to get a lot more knowledgeable and about money, about investing, but it, I mean, I think for me, it just would always come, you know, it was like I started learning and then the market crashed in 2008 and I would always go, oh, this doesn't apply for me because I don't have a job and I can't do anything. And so I put it off and now I'm, I'm getting more proactive about it. My question for you is, um, would you say, so right now we're in this, you know, crazy coronavirus time and everybody's talking about the economic impact. And I said to my man the other night, I said, I'm guessing, you know, like now if I, if I did, and I don't have at this time because I've just come out of, you know, shutting down one of my last businesses and starting two new businesses and I'm starting, you know, ground floor and I'm also coming back from seven months of not being able to work. I had chronic migraines. So I'm like at the ground floor, but I said, if I had an extra hundred grand laying around, I would be buying up stock like it's going out of style right now. Is that what you would be recommending to people right now? If they had expendable income, is now a good time to be buying? If you're a stock buyer, if you like the market, if the market's fun to you, if you if if it interests you, um, then yes, it would probably be a much better time now to be buying stocks than mm -hmm. six months ago, you know? Mm -hmm. So, and now that we know once, anytime the market hits a ceiling, there's a belief inside our, our minds because it always does happen that it's going to hit that ceiling again. So if you're buying when it's lower than the ceiling, then ideally, whether it's 10 years, 15, one year, 20 years, whatever down the road, you should be able to get back to that number, right? Making money. Um, I am not a stock buyer. So when people, again, people are surprised to hear that I have stocks. I'm not an active stock trader. It doesn't interest me that much to follow the market. It used to. Hmm. So I would be buying, I would actually be holding it. Was, I'll tell you exactly what I'm doing is we're sitting on what we have now and anticipating a real estate fallout in the next six months to a year in some areas. And if that happens, I'll pick up properties. If it doesn't happen, then I'll have missed an opportunity in the stock market. And I'm okay with that. And would so you everyone's say, different. You yeah. Know? But, but I love that you're so, um, I mean, just like, like everything, your self-awareness that this is, this is where I, I'm comfortable. This is what appeals to me. And that's what we should do. Don't, don't go into yep. anything finances included and go, Oh, well, this is what everybody says I should do. So I'm going to do it. Listen to your gut, listen to your woman's instinct, listen to what, what appeals to you. If it's real estate, it's real estate. If it's the stock market, it's the stock market. Um, would you yep. say generally speaking, it is a, an appropriate practice to, you know, because this is not something that women are typically strong at. And to me, it's very much like weight loss. You have to be willing to, you, you don't invest with the, the goal of like, I'm trying to think we were watching a movie recently where some guy was like, I've got to make this back in three months. Like that's not why you invest. It, it, it really is a long game, correct? Like you shouldn't be putting right. money into something going, I need to, I need to make this work for me. I need to be able to take this back out and make money in five years or two years or whatever. It should really be about a much longer game. Is that accurate? Yeah, if you're going short term, you might as well just go out to Vegas because truly your odds are the same. You know, I mean, it really is. And they, they can make it all silver and gold and make it look pretty on TV, but it's basically the same risk. 
So it should be for on a long term, it's a really good risk, in my opinion, um, to invest in the market in real estate and lots of different things. But um, yeah, it should be a, a longer term focus. You know, your short term money, if you need something next month, you got to think of a side hustle, you better start selling some stuff on Facebook. Um, you know, mm-hmm. I, it's mm-hmm. that's an easier route to go than trying to double your money in the stock market. I mean, if it was that easy to do, more people would do it. But your short time day traders, most of them don't make money. You only hear the success stories. Very true. You know, Would you say, so you talked about, um, and we won't be able to get into a deep dive today. Um, I would love to, if we can coordinate having you back on where we can do like a part two, um, absolutely. And and get back into a deep dive. Cause I know we're getting close to your window, um, of time. Would you say for people listening? So you've definitely said you don't need to have 50, 10,000, 50,000, $100,000 to be starting to invest. Is that true just for stock market investing or is it also true? Because when I think of real estate, I think of, you know, needing to have perfect credit and or a lot of extra money to be buying buildings or investing in the real estate market. Is that not accurate? No, you don't have to have a lot of money. Yeah, no, you don't have to have a lot of money to do real estate investing. Is it helpful? Of course, yeah. I mean, having money in any investing is helpful. But um, I we started with um, a very small investment for our first property. And then we grew that and expanded it to where now we leverage other properties to buy other properties. And um, But we do it very... It's a long process to explain how we do it. But anyway, yeah. so now we're not taking debt against ourselves. It's all commercial debt. Mm. We're also, um, all of our debt is backed by an asset that's worth double the debt or more. Mm. And all of our debts, so in the form of typically rents, are paying us so that our average appreciation with rents, we're doing about 38% of your return. Mm. Wow. So, but we, and we started with not a lot. In our second investment, we actually used, we took a 401k loan. Okay. Which at the time, that was something that was very scary to me to do. And now we do it anytime we feel like it. <laughs> so now, now I look at it and I'm like, oh, that's the easiest loan to take. You know, right. so it's just, it's all a matter of perspective of, you know, where you're at in your investment cycle. So, but I also, I started at zero, just like everyone else, you know, like I didn't come from money. We've never, my husband and I have never inherited a dollar. Um, oh no, that's not true. He got a thousand dollars from his grandma. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, my, my grandparents grew up in, um, trailers. My parents are the first people in my either side of their family to be somewhat successful, but my mom didn't start her successful business till she was 40. So I was already out of the house. Hmm. So, um, but that's a story too. You know, my mom was 40 when she started, she was a housewife until 40 and then started a business and grew it into a multi-million dollar, amazing, awesome, great for the world business. Wow. So you, and she was 40 when she started, you know? So it, you can do a lot if you just believe in yourself. Well, so. that's the truth. I mean, I never, I was in corporate America for most of my life, I don't think. So I started, I'm 50, I just turned 51 and it's 2020. And I founded my first company in 2011. So I was just, was that, that was nine years ago. So I was 41. Um, and I started my first business having zero idea what I was doing. And I built a profitable seven figure business. And then yep. my last company that I started was, I got it to a profitable six-figure point in like four weeks. Um, and now I'm working on <laughs> duplicating that, um, but with multiple businesses this year. And, and you just become a lot 
you know, if you just dive into things, and I, I think that's a good kind of message to close on because we have hit your window here. I need to respect your time. Um, but it just sounds to me like you're somebody that you you had, and I, I recorded a podcast about this, and I really want more people to listen to it, not because I need to stroke my own ego and go, oh, I'm such an amazing podcaster, but I think it's so appropriate. I, I recorded this podcast about everything you need to learn to be successful as an adult you learned when, when you were a kid and you figured out how to ride a bike. Because when we were kids, we looked at something that we wanted, like riding a bike. And it was so completely foreign to us. But we never, we never looked at, oh, here's why I can't ride that bike. Like we didn't, right. we, were, we just were like, show me how to do it. And that seems to me like what you did with money and investing. You were like, okay, well, this is, I'm going to figure it out. You didn't come from money. You didn't come from having a bunch of money handed to you or you didn't inherit it. You, you didn't marry into the financial services business. You just taught yourself. And I listened to you and I'm like, first of all, every single woman needs to buy your book because just hearing the way you talk about these things and, and knowing that it's excessive, would you say in closing that investing and building wealth and starting from wherever anybody is, anybody that's listening, if they've got $25, $100, $500, $5,000, any of those women listening could be starting to invest and build wealth. Is that accurate? They could start tomorrow. Start. Uh, when I started, I was 54000 in debt. I was living in an apartment. I owned nothing, not anything. And here I am today. Anyone can do it. That's awesome. All right. So I, we've gone a few minutes over, tell people and we'll have you back on the show and we will, I'll let everybody write in and they'll ask specific questions and we'll do a, a more of a deep dive, maybe a video one. Um, but for right now, tell people where they can find you and where they can find your book. Awesome. So you can find me at thebossladyinvestor.com. Um, my book, The Boss Lady Investor, You Don't Need a Dick to Understand Money <laughs> is available on Amazon. Um, it's on Kindle. It's going to be on Audible tomorrow. I believe it comes out on Audible. Awesome. Um, and then, yeah, we're also in Barnes and Noble. So very excited to be in all those different places. So find us. Um, let me know your feedback. I'd love to hear if you guys enjoy it or don't enjoy it and what I can improve on. Sorry. Oh, no. You definitely have to have your dog back on the show, too. We love dogs. <laughs> Thank you so much, Krista, for being on the show. You are honestly, um, it's, it's really inspiring to hear how completely knowledgeable and comfortable you are with this subject, because um, this is where I want to get to. And this is, I think, an, an opportune time for all of us. I mean, what a better time. You're stuck at home. Educate yourself on this, ladies. Let's all do this together. Um, so Krista, thank you so much for being on the show. For everybody listening, thank you for tuning in. Everything we talked about um, and every way you can connect with Krista will be linked up in the show notes at the Kelly show.com. If you have any questions, use the contact me form on kellyalexa.com. Questions that you want Krista and I to cover when she's back, please let us know. And of course, we encourage you to buy her book, connect with her directly, and um, we'll have her back on the show for sure. Thanks so much, Krista. Thanks everybody for tuning in. We'll see you next time on the Kelly O Show. Hey, everybody. This marks the end of our interview with Krista Dowling Goodrich. I hope you enjoyed it. Isn't she amazing? I will make sure we link up everything that we talked about in this episode in the show notes over at thekellyoshow.com. I strongly recommend that you go invest and get yourself a copy of her book, The Boss Lady Investor. You don't need a dick to understand money. I am starting to read it myself right now and love it. Can't wait for her next books in that series to be released as well. She references what, what's coming up. Um, I think she's got a book coming up for a small business as well as real estate. So we're all looking forward to that. And again, we will have her back on 
on the show. So let us know what you would like to see us cover in those episodes where we go into a little bit more of a deep dive on some of these topics. Um, and if you have questions in general for the Financially Fit series, just use the contact me form over at kellyalexa.com. Let me know what questions you have so that we can make sure that we cover those. Of course, you can use the same method of outreach if you would like to inquire about advertising or sponsorship opportunities with The Kelly O Show, or if you'd like to nominate somebody that we interview for the Financially Fit series or for other series on this show. Thank you so much for tuning in. If you're enjoying the show, please share it with your friends on social media. And if you haven't had a chance to do so, I would love, love, love it if you would leave us a five-star review on iTunes or your podcast platform of choice. That really helps the show get seen and heard by more people who could benefit from this free information we put out. Thank you in advance. We will see you next time on The Kelly O Show.